Hey, it's Adam here, and I want to tell you where you can get more free sex and how you can support the podcast. I'm building a kind of hub for the project on Substack. It's just freesex.substack.com. I'm publishing transcripts for all episodes there for free and occasional writings about free sex for subscribers only. Plus, you can interact with me and stuff like that. To make this podcast, I'm relying on contributions from listeners. My indie podcast company, Artnell, has invested in getting it going, and I'm paying my guests. But the only way I can fund it from now is with support from people like you, who subscribe at freesex.substack.com. Or you can just continue listening to the podcast for free and using the transcripts on the Substack if you need them. Thanks for joining me as we edge ever closer to a world of free sex. What does free sex mean to you? Do you ever think you'd have more sex or better sex if only you could change one thing? What is that thing? I'm Adam Smith, a writer, podcast producer, walker, talker, thinker, wanker. (laughs) I started having sex at 29. 29! And I've been obsessed ever since. Now I'm on a mission to find out how, as a society, we hold each other back in sex. What could a world of free sex look like? For me, free sex is a world with more places to fuck and without sexually transmitted infections. How about you? What are you into? Every episode, I speak to a different human with a unique idea for what free sex could mean. This podcast is fully pansexual and gender fluid. From mild to wild, everyone is welcome. Let's go. Can we ever love ourselves enough to enjoy being a slut? (laughs) I'm trying. My guest in this episode is Asad Zafar, the non-binary slut dragon of your dreams. They are tall, queer and hairy. And after years of reflection, they now love this about themselves. Asad tells me about how their conservative Pakistani Muslim family shielded them from the baby slut they knew they were. So Assad's prescription for a free sex world is about finding ways to accept our sluttiness. Assad also shares insights from their work in sexual health testing. Their experience brings up many ideas for various communities on fighting the stigma of getting tested so we can get closer to a free sex world. Asad Zafar, welcome to Free Sex. Hi. Hello. What does free sex mean to you? Uh, Free sex to me means um, being a slut. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Being a slut. Okay. Let's get into this. This Yes. Great for Wednesday lunchtime when we're having this chat. I know, right? Let's Uh, unpack it. (laughs) Let's unpack it. Tell me what being a slut means to me um so slut slutty even whore they're very empowering terms 
Uh, yeah. but I, I realize it's not like that for everybody because there may be some very negative connotations attached to those words for some people. And I completely hear that. Um, but for me, being slutty, first, I love the word because it rolls off the tongue, being a slut. Um, and also because of a Rick and Morty episode where they keep talking about being a slut dragon and I'm obsessed. But um, the reason free sex to me equals slutiness is having sex with whoever you want consentingly allows you to be free. That is having free sex because mm-hmm. you're not bound. Um, there's nothing stopping you. Maybe maybe there's yourself. People can get into their head, etc. But it's allowing yourself to have sex with whoever you want and the type of sex that you want. Um, and so, uh, tell me how you've um, become a slut. <laughs> if, <laughs> if I were a slut dragon, what's, um, the, what's, slut. The, what's your own journal? Slut dragon, Jet slut. Um, sorry, that's <laughs> what they say in the episode. Um, for me, it was... Oh, all right, I'm going to have to get into I'm going to get into it. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in the closet, I was a baby slut. Like, I wanted to be slutty. I knew what I wanted. Like, I had so many urges. Still do have them, but now they get met. Um, and I wanted to be hooking up with guys um, and older men. But I couldn't because of the fear of being seen. Um, I grew up in a very fairly religious, conservative household. Um, I was closeted. I didn't, I, I'd say I didn't know I was gay. I knew I was gay. I could just never say it or act on it. Um, which completely stopped me from... Uh, pursuing those urges as like a, a horny teenager, um, as I'd want to do. Um, but within the last three years, obviously, I came bulldozing out of the closet, start nav- <laughs> navigating queer life, meeting loads of people. But yeah. with that, I was also confronted with other things where like my body image, how I felt within myself, because um, I'm exposed to so many other people and being vulnerable, um, yeah. where I had to I'd start working on that for me. Um, yeah. because it was hard for me to start being vulnerable with these people. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have loads of nasty sex. Yeah, I'm going to hook up with this guy. I'm going to hook up with this guy's dad. But, like, I, I was just like, wait, they're going to see a side of me that I've not shared with many people. Because before that, I was, before I came out, I was hooking up with men who were just as scared as me. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? So men who aren't going to talk about um mm. us hooking up um if it didn't go great they're not going to tell anyone because they're also that scared um and i was like oh shit what if i'm not performing great like a, a lot of things come into play so it was like a half mask on half mask off but now the mask is completely coming off do you know what i mean um and, and it's go for when it when you said when you said that you had to do some work on yourself when you switched from those guys that were also like kind of scared and maybe discreet to to the ones who were like more out and 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 seemingly confident what was that work exactly that work was so back then i used to use hair removal cream um uh-huh. yeah i used to have smooth skin uh well i wouldn't say smooth i've got acne so like bumpy skin um yeah. and um i was much more overweight and there's nothing wrong with that but I didn't really like how I looked. Um, it's still a struggle for me. It's something I'm working on. But now I'm I'm learning and I've learned to love myself a lot more than I did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, <laughs> there, was, there was a period of time when I was making out with someone and I stopped because I started thinking about my nose because, wow. I, did, because I didn't like what my nose looked like. And yeah. I'm, I'm really a big preacher of, like, lo- love yourself, love everything about yourself and 
this is something I'm even thinking about now. I got a nose job, but I feel like now I would have learned to love it with who I am now. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's my own internal thing I've got going on. Um, but yeah, I've I've worked on myself <laughs> cosmetically, but yeah. I think really up uh, in my head where there's just so much around you with society, what you consume. Um, yeah. Like I didn't see gay relationships and things growing up, but I've just had to unlearn a lot and realize that I'm okay the way I am. And yeah. I've got to love me and then yeah. I'll be able to be with people yeah. if I love myself. And I've somewhat found a decent balance with that now. Can you tell me why body hair stops people having free sex? Especially... I mean, it always I gets in your in mouth. The, in the queer world. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literally, like, I can't... Oh, wait, wait, no, do I want to say this? Yeah, fuck it, people are going to hear it either way. Yeah, like, I, I, I can't gobble up on balls like I want to because I keep getting yeah. the hair in my mouth. Now I'm really used to it. It's fine. Yeah. But with other partners, they didn't like it. So it's like, oh, yeah. I don't like you hairy. So I would... I Well, to be fair, I don't like my own body hair either. So it was very easy for me to feed into that and, yeah. and remove that. And it just made it easier. It made a lot of yeah. things easier. Yeah. It, where, do, where do you think that comes from? That obsession that a lot of people have, especially gay men, with like smooth skin. And even the word smooth skin, which is the sort of description of a body without hair, is kind of like value laden, mm. I think. Like, because it, it sounds like it's a positive thing. It does, because um, instantly you said smooth skin. I went, oh, smooth, lush skin. I don't yeah. know, because I think that's what we're seeing growing up. Like, you'll see an yeah. advert for, like, Dove or for, like, some anything. And it's always supple, smooth skin. And it's always yeah. lighter skin as well. Do you get yeah. what I mean? So I think it's just yeah. infiltrated our brains that smooth is sexy. Yeah. But hairy is too. And I'm pretty sure that's my brand now. So, yeah. It is your brand with 70 odd thousand followers on Twitter absolutely gasping <laughs> every time you post a new photo of your body hair. Uh, 84.7 thousand. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, I'm I so mean, the not. last time I checked, you know. So, <laughs> but yeah, like the body hair, um, it's really interesting because it's it's one of those classic things where it really is all about how you feel about it. Mm. Because on the one hand, like you said, we do get these messages of, um, you know, that that hair is kind of disgusting or gross and that people need to remove it if they're going to have sex with people. Um, And that is like a dominant message. You know, I've seen those pictures on Instagram or posters of like nights where like it's like twinks or just hairless people. But then I've also seen plenty of places and there are parties where like, hair is like celebrated Celebrated, yeah and i've seen and you see people put it on like scruff or whatever or Mm -hmm. grinder like i'm really into hairy guys so it's one of those things where you like if you have hair there will be people who will definitely want to have sex with you exactly but like even that like it's it's like two extremes though that that's what what i found there's either someone who doesn't like body hair they just think it's disgusting Mm -hmm. or there's people who chase it and like fetishize it just like oh you're 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 like uh like oh my god i was actually i remember i was in the bar once and i was with my mate and the guy that she just walked past out of the bathroom and brushed against my shoulder hair and oh, like wow. oh you're so hairy and i just retreated i retreated and i went what he was like oh you could tell you had a few drinks and you're just like yeah, yeah you're just so hairy and i went that is not okay sir like yeah it, literally it's just too extreme you're either people don't like body hair or 
or they just really, really, really like it. Um, yeah. It's, and yeah, they it's, do things like that, which is not consensual and makes you a, feel honest, rubbish, right? It does make you feel rubbish. Because I remember once, um, sorry, this is so random, I was on the train. Um, my best friend um, who um, isn't in, in London anymore, I, I met up with her recently. And she said, do you remember when you were on the phone to me? Because we, we were talking about body hair, it came up. Um, she said, do you remember you were on the phone to me? And somebody said that you had a lovely smile. And oh, yeah. And then instantly started talking about your body hair. I was on the overground this guy was like oh mate i just need to let you know you're on the phone and like you're smiling so much it's made my day and i was like oh that's really sweet thank you and then he went and you're so fucking hairy my god never seen that wow. like his voice changes i've never seen how much hair. and i'm like oh okay thank you sir like what do you want me to do with this information yeah, yeah as so- if also as if as if you didn't know already right like i can see it like i shed all the time my housemates yeah. hate it like i'm always shedding i understand that i'm hairy yeah <laughs> I, I... yeah it's it, it's a really really interesting one what if you could change so one thing about the world and how we see body hair in order to get to that place of free sex what would that change be don't like i understand everyone has preference but like mm-hmm. Don't have preference. No, um, more <laughs> more of like um, let people just be how they are. Yeah. Like yeah. if someone has super hairy pets or super this, super that, just like either like deal with it. We shouldn't even have to just deal with it. Like it's 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 a sticky one because yeah, preference does come into it. But like just let people be who they are, and if if that's not what you like, then move on to your <laughs> your smooth twinks. And do you think that maybe there's something in like learning what a person likes about themselves and then if you like that also, then then saying that to them, like if you were like flirting with someone rather than saying immediately something like that guy said to you, like actually, because, you know, imagine if you didn't like it, it would have kind of like been quite difficult to hear that maybe or something. Mm. So Honestly, like I feel like a lot of people project their insecurities onto other people. Okay. Um, and a lot of it does come from like learning to love yourself because if you don't subconsciously a lot i've, I've seen it a lot um people put it on others um yeah. for example oh, i'm trying to think of one but i can't wreck my brain but like yeah if i didn't if this if he said that guy said that to me five years ago or six years ago i probably would have gone home and put rubbed myself in some like cream and like washed it off because i was not in a good place i hated my body hair yeah like like i was yeah. bullied for it relentlessly within my family and at school like i fucking hated it and it's taken yeah. a long time and i think the gay community has done a lot for me when i came out and i posted my first picture um where you could see i was hairy like two and a half years ago and it yeah they did validate me it did give me some validation made me think a different way like hmm there's a bunch of people who are celebrating and championing body hair it did become very fetishizing very quick but there's a lot of people who don't mind it why do i mind it so when i had to get into that do you know what i mean okay so like it it has helped a hell of a lot so that's a good example of something that um is was part of your like your journey Mm. if that's the word to like (laughs) my journey um, your journey like becoming more comfortable with yourself and your body honestly yeah definitely because i think sometimes you know how you said like one of the ways to free sex is like um like basically being able to have sex with uh, who you want mm. um, consensually mm. um, and requiring quite maybe some self-work so that you feel comfortable confident in your body to do that yeah. like 
I totally agree with that. And I think that a lot of people hear that and they think, well, that's easy to say. And so, and you've kind of gone through that mm. in, in, in two and a half, three years or so, um, which is not a long time in a way. It mm. probably felt like a long time as you were going through it. But it's I, still something um, I'm going through. Like it, it right. takes time. It doesn't, I think growth and self-discovery and all that, it, it never really stops. Like it's always something you're yeah. going through. That's a good point. That's a really good point. And I guess I'm just raising that because I think that a lot of people think, uh, okay, I'm looking for the specific ways of how I can do this. There's I'm no rule book. go on this journey. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's no rule book. Like it looks different for different people. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. what's so shit about it. Like, but yeah. the, it can also be pretty beautiful to be fair. Um, yeah. that, that doesn't sound convincing, but it's true. Um, yeah. But it's shitty. There is no rule book um, with like how we grow, how we unlearn stuff, how we learn to love ourselves. It, yeah, but you do need to push yourself. That is, it is yeah. hard, but you do need to be uncomfortable. Yeah, and get out. Of that, yeah. You know? What What were some times that you were uncomfortable during that time period where you had to put yourself in uncomfortable positions? Maybe not physically, or maybe <laughs> <physically>. <laughs> like just choosing to get on the stairmaster. I hated. I'm joking, uh, but like, well, I'm actually kind of not really. Um, just realizing that. The, I I really didn't like what I look like. Some days yeah. I still wake up and I don't. I'm not 100 percent confident with how I feel within myself. But yeah. um, it's knowing that that there's lots of different layers and reasons to why I feel this way. Not dumping it all in society and what I consume, but I've tailored like the content I consume. I've made mm. sure I'm I'm following different types of people, different different body types, influences where yeah. I feel more represented because everybody is beautiful and everybody is okay. And it, it's so true, but it it's like internally, I don't 100% believe that because of what I've seen growing up, what I've been told by my family, that you're way too big, you need to be slim and trim. That's what she was. I was hearing slim and trim all while I was growing up. Um, I've always been like the tubby one in all my cousins and my family. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. And how, you, the way that you've curated your feeds now so that you see those like affirming images and, and body types how does that compare yeah. to the images that you got um before you were able to do that like when you were growing up whether it was tv or oh my gosh like i i couldn't tailor anything because yeah again i was living under my family well basically my family's control so they 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 saw everything that i saw there was like a parental lock on my phone um until wow. literally like three years ago <laughs> um wow. so like I, unless i was connected to wi-fi even like um i couldn't access the type of porn that i wanted do you know yeah. what i mean and oh my god let me not get started with porn like <laughs> but that's that's a whole fucking yeah. ball game that whole, is whole other conversation so I'm then sorry. so then if we're trying to get to this world of free sex and thinking about what images young people have access to how do we get to that free sex world you know whilst also probably like taking care of those young people giving them the freedom that they need honestly it sounds controversial and it does sound scary because it depends on the age of people that you're talking to it's about having those comfortable conversations with your kids mm. it's about having those empowering conversations in schools um like at a suitable age like just talking about because we talk all i was taught in school was um we <laughs> promoted abstinence actually um and oh, how wow. to, yeah and how to put a condom on yeah all right but like the reason they t they talked about condoms was because um to prevent pregnancy so just as a form of contraception uh yeah. not much about sti transmission none of that but what if i'm yeah. having sex with women 
Um, yeah. uh, what about different types of sex? Like sharing toys, etc. Like there, there was just so much that you're not taught. But again, that's because it's really stigmatized. Um, mm. We just need to have more empowering conversations with younger people. And trust me, they want to talk about this stuff because then you you grow up as an adult playing catch up because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that yeah. you just don't know and you don't know what you like or what the dislikes are. Do you know what I mean? It's Have you wild. had conversations with like teenagers recently? I thought you were going to say my parents. I was be like, no. 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 <laughs> um, a lot of the work I do is actually with over 18s. Um, yeah. So not, not really, no. But um, okay. I am actually working on workshopping with some some youngers um okay. and a lot of that has to do about consent and pleasure because yeah. people don't know what different types of consent look like um yeah. and you should again you should be having the type of sex that you want and sex that is yeah. good and etc and about what that looks like to you um, i think that's so important if we're going to get to a world of free sex because it's it it kind of blows my mind the idea of being told that when i was 14 or 15 16 that, mm. like you know about about pleasure and about finding the pleasure that you want. Like mm. they, that was just so not a part of my menu, mm. you know? And it's kind of crazy to imagine like what that would be like if you were to receive that message. I would have become yeah. sluttier. I would have been much sluttier when I was younger. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about it. Um, you, are, you are the headline that some people don't want, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I love that. I'm putting that in my Twitter bio. I'm the headline that some people don't want. <laughs> I'm so different. <laughs> um, okay, so in you your work, you um, do a lot of sexual health testing. Yes. So I want um, to draw on your expertise from that work in order to help us get to this world where free sex is possible. So what have you learned from doing um, sexual health testing about how we can get to a free sex world? But honestly, like I feel like those like sexual health and free sex and just liberation, it really... Um, they cross, cross paths purely because um, some of the reasons people aren't having free sex are some of the reasons people aren't testing. It's mm-hmm. got to do with um, the stigma around sex. People don't, there's a lot of different cultures um, and like people have different upbringings where they just don't see sex. They don't even see intimacy. Intimacy is seen some, as something that's frowned upon. Mm-hmm. For example, my parents would never hug or, mm-hmm. or kiss or sit on the same sofa because it's mm-hmm. just seen as, oh, hey, no, just something that's not done. Mm-hmm. this is awful this is haram i'm sorry you, you have to bang to have babies mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like like we all know what's going on you did it's do just, it at least once like, yeah five times we'll know for them at well, least five or six times at least five um, or six times. yeah they bless them they kept popping them out um but um it's just i think um well i can only speak on my experience as a muslim pakistani guy um growing up within that space um sex was something that wasn't spoken about if there was um a tv show where um two people are about to kiss you change the channel for a good 10 minutes so you know that kiss is over and then when you change back to it um uh you it ugh, it it's just really different it's so different to think about back to then because my life has just changed so drastically but there's and just different it's it's not a long it's not a long amount of time that it's that not happened. when i think about it i'm speaking like it's been a decade in yeah. on November the twenty something, it'll be three years since I came out. Like, right. and that was during the panini. Do you know what I mean? During the pandemic, yeah. so like it wasn't long <laughs> ago. Um, but yeah, when it comes to sex and sexual health um, and having free sex, there's the same pressures. There's religious pressures, cultural pressures. Who's going to see me if I'm going to a clinic? 
um, who's going to go see me if I'm going to a hookup? Like, mm-hmm. it's the fear of a lot of fear of being seen and the fear of what people will say. And what do people say to you when you are doing testing in a in a club or in another kind of venue? What I love, like that? what I love, is that it's not only clubs, bars, and pubs or libraries or community centres where I test. I test in like, like this is the right word, a plethora of spaces. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but it felt correct. Um, I test in like polyclinics, so places yeah. that people go for to take their babies to get checked, um, okay. that have audiology centres within them. So people yeah. aren't worried walking in because they okay. know that it's it's a place that's completely confidential. There's no connotation attached to it. Whereas if someone's seen by their auntie going into a sexual health clinic, mm-hmm. you know what you're going there for. Again, there's nothing wrong with taking care of your sexual health um, or being empowered to um, take care of your sexual health, but it's just that stigma around, oh shit, this this child's having sex, this person's having sex. I need to go tell their parents. Right, okay. It's a yes. very toxic culture within the South Asian community, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, what do people uh, talk about when they're coming to you and they're getting tested? So, like, it's, again, it's, when when I'm testing people, we have a range of conversations. Um, we have, like, a pre-test discussion and a post-test discussion. Um, yeah. So clients know what they're consenting to. Um, yeah. And that we need to assess their risk um, of um, contracting uh, ST- HIV and STIs. So um, we go through, like, a bit of a script, but it's not a script because I tailor it to each client. Um, but we speak about how many sexual partners they have, if they've had any unprotected vaginal intercourse, anal intercourse. Again, I try and not keep it gendered. I try and um, we, I, I try and get gender out of it. Um, and it's really hard for some people to open up and be like, oh, well, I've had, had an unprotected intercourse with this partner or or just my husband or with my wife. But um, these are the four people. Like, it's hard for them to... I don't even use the word admit because even the word admit sounds like um yeah, guilt tripping them or it's bit. shameful yeah it's just yeah. hard for them to disclose that information yeah um and when they i try and make people feel comfortable like oh i will joke i'm really smiley like i'm a really happy person um but obviously um yeah and sometimes they lean into that and people do disclose some information and i'm like okay well i'm so glad you mentioned that because now this is the right kit for you um Mm. and blah 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 so it's just so they can have more of a well-rounded more comprehensive um screening but i i do get um i do get clients um i don't like the word disclosing that should be closed information Ugh, language hate it um yeah but they do open up to me and it's so lovely yeah. that they open up to me and that they feel comfortable to have these conversations because, again, it's just empowering them to take care of their sexual health, which in turn takes care of their partner's sexual health. Do you get what I mean? And yeah. I'm, I'm really here for it. The amount of like South Asian clients I've seen who are repeat testers with me now who come back oh, because they feel really yeah. comfortable. And sometimes yeah. they come and give me some tea and I'm really here for it <laughs> because I'm just like, yeah, girly, like you're doing the right thing for you. So I'm proud of you. Yeah. And that's great that they trust you and that you've built that trust with them honestly like i could have so dumb oh my god i could have so dumb with somebody like me when i was younger but like <laughs> i mean it it makes a difference and it really does yeah. help it really does yeah. yeah i've had like i've had people um i like um who i've tested who have throughout been like oh yeah i'm straight and then when i would t- uh, ask about you know intercourse we'll like stutter and be like no and then in my head i'm like mm, okay but then later during the discussion 
um, opened up that they're having um, anal intercourse um, with like other partners, etc. And they just didn't want to feel judged. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then, there's one, there's one person like that who and now tested me all the time. Is just really open now, and I'm like, yes, I've seen you do the work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen them like destigmatize sex to them as a whole, and feel like they're not hiding away or shying away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's just it's really lovely to see that that um, disconnects the wrong word. It's really lovely to see that shift in people. It's really yeah. nice. Does it feel surreal that we're in 2023 and it feels like we have all of the tools to get to this free sex world like whether there's the mental health you know personal self-care things that you're talking about of body image and also the medical things of like we can do you know rapid testing and get results and get people antibiotics we have all of the tools and yet we're you're still every single day meeting people who are coming to you and they're ashamed or they're worried because of these things. But like, I know we have the tools, but we don't have the language. Like okay. there's, there's just such a disconnect. I, I think about my life now. I think about my life four years ago. And it's, it's really easy for me to like, think about my life four years ago, because that's all I knew. When you grow up in a closed community, that is all you know. So you're not, there's a lot of people who don't know that there's testing. They don't know that it's free. Uh, they don't know that mental health services exist. They don't know that other queer people exist or that there's different types of like life out there. Not that we're like extraterrestrial like human beings, but I had a very different life and I did a complete 180. So I completely understand the people who don't test, the people who aren't having the type of sex yeah. that they want, the people who aren't even open to love um, or pursuing things. Um, because they're um, they're in the closet etc because of these pressures because i was that person so like yeah. there's just a lot of layers and intersectionality that comes into it because no two people are the same um yeah so like no outcome for something is going to be the same there's different barriers for different people like it's yeah. very it's so widespread it's crazy and that's why it's been really great to talk to you because those barriers are different for so many different people and that's what free sex the this podcast is about is speaking to all sorts of different people to find out what are the barriers that they are coming up against that 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 they or others can try to remove so that we can get to this free sex world which won't be a utopia but it just will have a lot more fucking in it It, oh oh my god i was about to say inshallah um (laughs) uh, sorry i should be like yeah period that's what i'm gonna say period your um, final, final, <laughs> final. G- give me a final image of like. F- describe to me if I close my eyes um, and think of like a cinema screen. What does your actual free sex, uh, every you know, everyone slutty world look like? What am I? What am I picturing? Literally an orgy with loads of different people and a lot of hot men. <laughs> okay. Very, very, very. Um, the orgy in sense A. Oh yes. But yes. with more um, like different body types. Okay. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Great. Different body but, but very sensate-ish. Oh, such a and, and and we and I guess that means that people can be on different continents at the same time. Yes, um, please. That would whilst be great. also physically connecting somehow. Well, the the, you you movies. you have those like magic eggs and dildos where it's connected to your partner across the world. There you go. I see that shit happening. Also, let's not get into that because that is some, that is scary. How AI <laughs> and sex robots are taking over the planet. Well, I think that's where we should end it, Asad. Thank you so much for giving me your thoughts and experiences and your ideas for free sex. Thank you. No worries. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks for listening to this episode. Let me know what you think of free sex, the idea, or the podcast. Leave me a review and a star rating if you can. On social media, I'm at Adam Smith. Yes, that's Smith, but with a Z or a Z. Yeah, Smith. Mm. <laughs> it feels good in the mouth. <laughs> you can find more Aunt Nell productions on our website, auntnell.com. And on social, we're at auntnell underscore. The theme music is Trans Life by Othon, hosted, produced and edited by Adam Smith. And the executive producer for Aunt Nell is Tash Walker. To all you loves and lovers, good night. Mwah.